is After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast, How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. Welcome to Universal After Dark, a Universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm so glad to be back again. I feel like even though it's only been like, what, a week and a half? I don't even think it's been that long, but it feels like it's been forever since I recorded an episode and, oh, I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Amanda, your host, as usual, slash Boston White. I actually had a message from someone um, last week saying, oh, I've listened to the podcast for a long time and I've followed you for a long time. And I didn't know that you, Boston White, and Amanda was the same person. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Hi. So from now on, I'm going to say it's Amanda slash Boston White, just so everybody in the room knows who they're following on social media but I'm also joined today by someone who I haven't been on a podcast with in an awfully awful well actually I haven't been on a podcast with either of you for a long time now that I think of it so you've just heard him it is Paulie D it's me also known as Paulie D Mr D I don't really have much of a social media alternate identity we need to make you one yeah (laughs) We need to confuse people more. <laughs> I'm good at that. That's not a problem. How are you? It's been a long time. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more about what you've been up to in your holiday and everything that you've seen and heard. Yes. And we are also joined today by our Craig. Don't call me Craig anymore. I want a name like you. So I want to be Dallas Red. That's perfect. Did you ever see, um, I think it was the last Halloween Horror Nights vlog from 
Halloween Horror Nights last year where me and Ash made everybody, like all of our friends, pick a Boston White YouTube name. I've, I've probably seen it, but I've slept since then. It was so yeah. funny. It was hilarious while they were all making stupid names up. So I think Dallas Red is a good one. Kind of sounds like it's a porn star, I'm not going to lie. Does it help? Yeah. If the yeah, shoe okay. fits. Exactly. <laughs> Strap on. Yes. I love it. So I have got so, so much to talk about in this episode. Like, honestly, I've got so much to talk about in the next, like, 10 episodes. And I feel like I'm super conscious of doing, like, two-hour-long episodes. Because <laughs> I feel like people are going to get sick of me talking. But I've just got so much fun stuff that I want to talk about. And some of it I'm going to save for the next episode because I need Chris and Luke on talk about some bits and then some of it i'm gonna save for another episode after that because i want to have my brother james on to talk mm-hmm. about how he found his first horror night in i think i think it's 11 or 12 years um and then i also want to have ryan and dan on from theme park trader to talk about their first experience at Horror Nights. So even though spooky season is over for a lot of people, it is not over for Universal After Dark because we have got so much spookiness left. It's the only Universal podcast still putting the willies up, yeah? Yes, that. <laughs> Moving on. Moving Let's on quickly. Let's start the show like we usually do with what we're drinking. And Polly D, I'm going to come to you first because you always have a fancy drink. Um, well, I actually, I don't have an alternate identity, but I've got alternate drinks. So on the one hand, I was just finishing off a big cup of tea, but I've also unopened, but just about to change that. There we go. Oh. Back on the Thatcher's Haze. It's a nice can of cider here. Thank you mm. very much. Cheers. I like how you're double fisting tea mm. and cider. Yeah. I've got the hangover and the hangover cure all going on at the same time. <laughs> I love it, you're prepared. Craig, what are you drinking? I was drinking, this is so rock and roll for uh, Dallas Red, I was drinking decaffeinated black coffee. Why decaffeinated? Oh, because I'm not sleeping much at the moment. So I keep waking up at three o'clock in the morning and I actually went off caffeine the other day. I didn't have any caffeine for 24 hours and I woke I woke up the next day and my head was cleavered open. So I stopped drinking caffeine now at about four o'clock and I just have decaffeinated tea and coffee. But why? Why? Why don't you just have like juice or like, I don't Uh, know, like something that's not tea or coffee? Because I like the taste of tea or coffee, although it does taste a bit weird without the caffeine. I'll give you that. Does it? I can't tell the difference. Uh, I might do a blind taste test. Yeah, I feel like that's what we need to do, is we need to put this to the test, because I don't believe you. Well, the decaffeinated tea bags come out like um, maiden's water, and the decaffeinated coffee, it's all right. It's Nescafe. Other forms of decaffeinated coffee are available, but, Mm -hmm. you know. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow, you are such a rock star. Well, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning as well. Oh, you're yeah. so dedicated to us. I am, aren't I? You are. I... Like, I don't know if listeners know this, but we record this like in the night, night time, and it's like 9.30 right now. 
Yeah, on balmy night. Yeah. yeah. I honestly was sitting here like 30 minutes ago and I live behind a college and the college, or like no matter what like special day it is, they just do like a stupid event. And tonight, obviously, they're doing a firework event, but they're like the biggest, loudest fireworks that I've heard outside of the Magic Kingdom. And I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea. You're, you've literally become so old. You should be at that event. Um, just... I mean, like, I'm 28 years old, so I feel like if I was at an event that was just populated by 16 and 17-year-old college kids, I would look like a weirdo. I am actually in college at the moment on a Friday, and I am so old. What are you doing at college? Um, Union, learning union stuff. No. Oh, you're so much. You are absolutely fancy. Okay, well, I am drinking a Budweiser. And this is only the second time that I've had a drink since I came back off holiday because I've been trying to be really good. Because did you guys listen to the last episode where I was like, I got sick of Bud Light? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was ridiculous. I was shocked at myself, honestly. (laughs) Like, James was like, Are you sick? What is when you say it's like you were always drunk? You you constantly half pickled around the parks. Mm-hmm. How many Bud Lights is that for you to get well, you in that state? Right, I'd have one at twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. And you know the I don't know how 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 big are these glasses? It's more than a pint, isn't it? Um, because they're dead tall. Oh, is this your um, blinky thing? No, like just getting like a regular drink in the parks. Oh, I don't know. I think they're probably a pint. Yeah, I would have thought so. Maybe, but they they seem bigger because they're really tall glasses. And then I'd maybe have one at like two or like with some lunch. And then I would maybe have one while I was getting ready for Horror Nights. And then I'd have like maybe like three or four at Horror Nights. Wow. So, So, I mean, I I was like... I'd get steadily more drunk throughout the day. I would have them in the first two hours. Yeah, but you're double my size. That's true. I am, aren't I? Literally. If I like, there's sometimes when I like would maybe forget to have lunch, and I'd be drunk before like I'd even get back to my hotel to get ready for horror nights, and I'd be trying to do a winged eyeliner. Like, oh my god, I can only see out of one eye. Me buggy. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a bad time. But then I'd be fine. Like, getting scared sobers you up. Getting scared, like, if you drink a lot... Well, I I know this doesn't happen for everyone, like, just from seeing drunk people at the parks, but for me, I'll have a few drinks and I'll feel like, oh, God, like, I feel like I'm quite a little bit drunk here. And then I'll get so scared in the houses that that kind of sobers me up a little bit. I'm always conscious of getting too dehydrated when I'm in Florida. Yeah, me too. And... Forcing a hangover on. Yeah, I get I get dehydrated like crazy. Yeah, so I just keep drinking. Yeah, well, I don't usually drink until the evening. I don't like drinking when it's like ninety-five degrees what? during the day. Right. Not not honestly. when I'm not when I'm moving about. If I was sitting somewhere, if I was sitting like say in a bar or a restaurant, then that's different. But cutting a bottle of parts when it's boiling hot like that, I'd get a headache within about ten minutes. I wait until it's evening, cools off. That's why you've got to have 12 o'clock beer time, honestly. Like, 12 o'clock beer time is my favourite 
park time of the day not even just because I'm having a beer but because it's just so chill and I feel like because I've been to the like especially the Universal parks like I enjoy my 12 o'clock beers at Universal so so much because I've seen everything in the parks I've done everything in the parks and I can get loads of stuff done before 12 Mm-hmm. And then from 12 until maybe like 1, I will just sit at either Shea Alcatraz, which is my all-time favourite bar spot, by the way. Like, if you ever wonder where I am in the park, that's probably where you're going to find me. And I'll just sit there and I'll chill and I'll look out into the park, enjoy my beer, or I'll sit in Duff Gardens, a little beer garden. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely think, love it. I think we might kill you at the meet-up next year. <laughs> maybe. Hmm. I don't know, we'll be jet light. It will be a sniff of the barmaid's apron and we'll be pissed. That's what I think. Oh, I'll be laughing. I'll just start drinking in Manchester. Yeah. That's literally what James does. Like, James always has a Guinness at Manchester Airport. And I'm like, it is 10 o'clock in the morning. You're insane. Mm. And then he'll drink on the plane and then he'll have a drink when we get to Universal. And I'm like, you're crazy. Talking about drinking when you're going to go on fast-moving roller coasters, I've got a little build to Chris Ripley's inside information. So remember he was talking about code proteins and code oh, yellows yeah, and stuff yeah. like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so when Heather worked at the Rose and Crown, the equivalent in the Rose and Crown of a code, a code protein was a code V. Okay. And you can guess what the V stands for. Bomber. Hmm? Code bomb. Yeah. Okay. What was? Did, there wasn't any other codes. Please. No. 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 There wasn't any other codes at the Rose and Crown. Thank, Thank God, God for that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Before I get into my spooky episode, I'm going to tell you a secret. I've mm-hmm. never had a drink at the Rose and Crown. No. Oh, I have. Yeah. Well, to to be to be fair though, to Amanda there, because until Heather worked there, I don't think I don't think I ever did either, and we never ate there because it was a an English pub, so it seemed a bit like taking calls to Newcastle. Literally. But, uh, like, I've never eaten there. I've never had a drink there. I've popped my head in yep. and then gone back out. But the UK pavilion is a pavilion that I kind of just walk quickly through because I think I didn't come on holiday to be in the UK. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't blame that, you for that. That was the climax to our drinking around the world last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting seated by your Heather. Yeah. And then we had a wonderful emotional interaction with the kids and yeah. the fireworks. And yeah. I think I stood there rambling out of them for 10 minutes, <laughs> drunk. I remember the video, I still got the video. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it was a beautiful, good. beautiful time was had yeah. by all. Yeah. Just on a side note, Amanda, have you seen the new Halloween film? Right. I'm going to tell you another secret here. And this pains me because I, I freaking haven't. Oh, don't, you're not going to tell me what I think you're going to tell me, are you? Right. I had always planned to go and see it on opening night, and I went to see John Carpenter, and then two days later was going to be opening night for Halloween, so I was like, this is perfect. It's going to be a perfect, perfect week. And I was really jet-lagged. I was really sick. Josh had to work so I was like okay we won't go see it tonight we will because we're clearly not going to enjoy it tonight we will just go and see it tomorrow instead and then the day after Josh also had to work and then every time that we've planned to go and see it since like I've been away so I was in Liverpool for a week 
with Ash and the baby, and obviously, like, we can't take a baby to go and see Halloween. That's child mm. cruelty, and he would probably uh, just cry the entire time. Well, so... somebody took a baby to see the Meg. What? I was, I was, I went when I went to see the Meg, which is the massive man-eating shark, eating men and women and dogs. And this couple came in, and they had a kid in one of those, you know, those car seats that you can unclip and take around with you. This kid couldn't have been any more than one, less than one. And it sat right through the Meg. And, and it, I mean, the Meg was deafening as well. That's the other thing. What? I feel like even if, like, Rain didn't, like, understand... Like, even if he didn't understand what's going on, he obviously doesn't because he's six months old. But, like, I feel like if he was hungry or if he just wanted to, like, play, like, that's going to annoy everyone around me. So, like, I would just never do that. But I've been back for, like, three right. days... So yep. I will try and go and see it tomorrow, hopefully. If not, I will go and see it on Friday for definite. Well, what about, right, do you, do you know about all the Halloween films? Yeah. You, right, so let's do a Patreon episode talking about all the Halloween films, your interaction with John Carpenter, and we'll have it just for the Patreons. Okay, and, that's an excellent spoopy idea. And we'll put it out to the masses on Christmas Day. Let's have Halloween on Christmas Day. Kind of a nightmare, a nightmare on Christmas. Are you, did you just blink one eight two me? I don't know. What does that mean? Oh, you're so old. <laughs> what does that mean, Paul? Blink one eight two fans have just been like, "Oh my God, he's blink one eight two and us," and you're like, "Yeah, I don't even know what I just said." <laughs> I don't know what I just said. Anyway, tweet us if you got the Blink-182 reference. Oh, God. No. (laughs) Okay, on that note, let's get spooky. Go on then, Gail. Okay, so have any of you guys before I start ever done any of the tours at Horror Nights? No. No. None? Not an RIP tour, nothing? Not a sausage. Okay, so we will be doing an RIP tour next year, all of us. Yes. So you'll have your first experience of that then. So this year I was super lucky enough to be able to do an R.I.P. tour and an Unmask and the Horror tour. And the Unmask and the Horror tours, I feel, are so worth the money. I feel like the R.I.P. tours definitely are too. But you just get so, so much on an Unmask and the Horror tour. And it's so fun. And I'm just like... This, oh, this, like, I wish more people would want to. Like, I know that a lot of people do them, but I wish that more people would be excited about them. And was like, that the first time that you had done an unmasking the horror tour, Amanda? I th- I'd done one maybe about ten years ago. I want to say maybe yeah. about nine or ten years ago. But this is the first like I can fully remember. So were you were you worried that it would I don't know sort of take the edge off? seeing the because it's kind of behind the scenes a little bit isn't it it is and so what I had decided to do was do it towards the end of my holiday right so you'd already been through the houses yeah so I've been through the houses multiple multiple times and I was like okay I've seen everything that I want to be kind of surprised by and now I can learn a little bit more about the houses and things that I might not have noticed or I might not have seen 
and then I can go in again on the, on like the last few nights with fresh eyes and look out for the things that have been pointed out to me. And I feel like that worked out incredibly well. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So I did this on the last Wednesday of my holiday. So then I did Horror Nights on that Wednesday night, Thursday and Friday, and I flew home on the Saturday. So I had three nights of doing my own Unmasking the Horror Tour to all of my friends as we were going through the house. It's like, okay, guys, I'm going to show you all this cool stuff now. And then I'd be leading the group, pointing things out. And that was super fun, too. So we did the six house tour, which was the full day. You can do a three house tour, too. And they do those in the morning or in the afternoon. So our six houses went from 11 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. with a, I think we had a 45 minute break in the middle for lunch. And it was 129.99. That's cheap, isn't it? But we got a discount with our annual pass too. So I don't remember how much of a discount we got. Um, I think we maybe paid about $110 maybe each. And presumably you need theme park admission on top of that yeah you gotta have no. your theme park tickets no you don't need a theme park ticket no all oh, right good no okay so the meeting place is at the blue man group mm-hmm. so you don't even need to go into the park to go to the meeting area right. so if you do an rip tour you do need an event ticket for that right so because and the meeting place is like at the vip um area at the entrance of the park but this is at the blue man group which is near the secret entrance of the park Mm -hmm. so we met up there at 11 and we were in a kind of like convention-y kind of space room which was set up with a whole bunch of tables with the um flashing skull amulet lanyard on the tables which are pretty cool and when we got in, they gave us some forms to fill out for lunch because we could order lunch in the morning so that it would be ready for us when we went on our lunch break. Right. Which I thought was pretty cool too. Mm. So we could go to the Blue Man concession, which I've, like, if you listen to this podcast already, you know that I don't, I've never seen Blue Man Group. So I haven't been in that Blue Man Group theatre since it was Nickelodeon. So it's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Blue Man. Have you seen it, Craig? I have not seen Blue Man, although I've been in Nickelodeon. Yep. Well, we were given discount tickets um, for Blue Man Group. So if you do the Unmasking Tour, you get a code that you can use to get um, discounted Blue Man Group tickets, which I considered doing, but then I was like, actually, like the only nights that I have left are nights that Horror Nights is on, and like I'm not missing Horror Nights, so I'm not going to do it. But it was nice to have the discount anyway. So we yeah. could order food and alcoholic beverages. Be ready uh, for lunch. And where's the lunch from? Is it from anywhere in the park? It's from Blue Man Group. All right. Did they have vegetarian? Well, they had nachos. Oh. But they had things like, um, a, I think it was like a turkey, a big turkey sandwich, like a sub kind of thing. Um, 
think they had like a ch- some kind of chicken thing, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James and Zach both got the turkey sub roll, but I just got nachos with cheese. And the ladies that were dealing with us in there were so much fun, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna start a YouTube channel," and I'm like, "Yeah, do it." And they were adorable. Um, but we could get Bud Light. Mm-hmm. So I spent the second half of the tour a little bit tipsy. <laughs> and that's all included, yeah? Um, no, it's extra. Oh, that's extra, right. Okay. Damn, yeah. I'm still thinking there. And I think from memory, like, I filmed it, so it'll be in the video that I upload of the Unmasking tour. Right. But I think it was about $40 for, for me and James. Mm-hmm. And we got two Bud Lights, some nachos, and the turkey thing. Yeah, and I think it was about four dollars, so it's pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. But it's theme park food, do you expect it to be? Yeah. So we hung around in that room for a little bit, and then we get called into groups. So the groups are separated into the full day groups. So I think it was like two full day groups and the the first morning groups. So we were called up by david our tour guide and he was the best tour guide that i've ever had for any tour that i've ever been on he was absolutely fantastic is david listening now i mean he might be i did give him the info so that he could listen and watch the stuff um so hi david if you are listening you were fantastic i love you and i miss you (laughs) (laughs) So David's been with Universal since the very, very beginning and he has been with them for every horror night. He was so incredibly knowledgeable. He's a massive horror fan in general. So we got along so, so well. We had so much in common and I had so much fun with him. I could have literally just sat and talked to him about films all day long and about old horror nights all day long. Like he was so incredibly interesting. So any tours that i do in the future i will definitely be requesting david yeah right so you can request tour guides as well you can i don't know whether they really are accommodating for the unmasking tours but for the rip tours they definitely are as long as you put a request in i think he said it was about 48 hours in advance that you'd need Mm -hmm. to put a request in they'll try the best to accommodate you that's good so we're all going to give you the big hug next year, David. Yeah. Honestly, like I'll get to this like later on in in my story, but like there was a torrential downpour because of Hurricane Michael, and then me and David are sharing this giant umbrella, and we're just like legging it across the park, like arm in arm, like the two amigos talking about horror nights talking about horror films and everyone else is like trailing behind us getting wet and we're like haha we have the guide umbrella but i absolutely adored him he was so so much fun however there was another super special guest on our tour and horror nights fans will know who this is it was michael burnett and he is an emmy nominated makeup artist and prop designer and he's worked with horror nights for a very 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 long time and it was so super cool to have him on our tour Mm -hmm. he is horror nights famous so at 
at first I was looking at him and I'm like I recognize him like where do I recognize him from and it was really really bugging me for about an hour and so we're in this group there's like eight of us in this group and every time that he's talking I'm thinking I just know yeah and I'm like do I know him from like the Halloween Horror Nights group is he my friend on Facebook do I talk to him on Instagram like how the frick do I know him and then he starts talking about an American werewolf in London, Puppet. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Michael Bennett. <laughs> and then inside of me, I was like fangirling, like a million bajillion. But on the outside, I'm trying to be cool. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's so interesting. And I'm like, oh, my God, Michael Bennett. <laughs> so that was absolutely incredible to have him on the tour. It was super cool to hear because he has made him and his wife have made so many things that are inside the houses. Even if he made it maybe five, six, even ten years ago, like they reuse props a lot of the time. So it was cool to see him pointing things out that they made for other houses. And even when I was just like gagging in on some conversations I was having with his wife <laughs> about like <laughs> things that they've done, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. So Would that they- was like. Were I couldn't like, have had a better tour, honestly. Were they hosting the tour? No. Or were they just part of the tour? They were just part of our tour with us. Like they would oh, okay. they they bought tickets just like I had. Oh, so wow. they had just been to some other events. So they'd just been to like the Horror Maids Here event with Warner Brothers and they'd been to Horror Nights in Hollywood. And so they were just like guests doing the tour just like we were. Wow. Yeah, that's lucky. This is the best day of my life. <laughs> it was ha- how many tours are going on at the same time? You're in a group of eight. Yeah. So I there was our group for the full day, then there was another full day tour, and then there was two, I believe, morning tours going on at the same time. Might have just been one morning tour though. So it's not a lot of, of people really, is it? No. And they must only have them for a small window because they've got to start getting ready for the event, obviously. Well, we our tour went until 4.30. Yeah. And then Stay and Scream obviously opens at 5. That's like the perfect day then, isn't it? Honestly, yeah. it was so, so good. So we... It, well, I'm going to go through I'm going to go through the whole entire day. I'll get to the Stay and Scream bit later. Go ahead, thank you. We had six houses on our tour. So our houses were, and I believe that this is kind of standard, but when we started the tour, I was like, David, tell me that we were doing Stranger Things because I just really need to see a Demogorgon puppet up close and personal. And he was like, "Um, I can't promise because sometimes they're doing stuff in there and like they could be doing something inside any of the house at any time, which would mean that we'd have to go to a different house instead. And it was like, every time I've promised Stranger Things, something's been in there or something's been going on in there so that we couldn't do it. And he was like, so I'm not going to promise it. And I was like, but I need to compare my Demogorgon to like a professionally done Demogorgon so I can like learn. And he was like, oh, well, we'll see. So we did Stranger Things. We did Poltergeist. We did Scary Tales, Trick or Treat. Carnival. Did I say Seeds of Extinction already? 
Oh, no. Don't think so. so Poltergeist, no. Stranger Things, Scary Tales, Trick or Treat, Carnival, and Seeds of Extinction are the six houses that we did. So, I... They sound like the best, mm. from what I've heard of everybody's feedback. They're Honestly, all right up there. They were all of the ones that I had super, super wanted to see. The only other one that I really wanted to see was Slaughter Cinema, because I absolutely adore everything about that house. But we did, we were allowed to go into one room of Slaughter Cinema as a treat. So uh, that was better than not going in at all. But out of all the houses I could possibly have done, those six were definitely the best of the best. Yeah, so they sound good. So especially the Stranger Things one, but that would uh, that definitely be one that I'd want to see. Absolutely. So we started with Poltergeist. So in this house, we were allowed to take pictures of the facade. Mm -hmm. So the facade was the pool, under like the, the below ground pool, um, the house facade. And we were allowed to take pictures in the tunnel going underneath the house up until... If you've been in the houses or you've watched videos on YouTube of the um, social media or media previews of the houses, then we were allowed to take pictures up until Caroline is at the TV. After that, we weren't allowed to take any more pictures at all. There's no video in allowed. You can video outside of the sound stages as long as you just video and like what they said to me was you can video yourself mm -hmm. between seeing the houses, but you can't video any of around like your surroundings because yeah. you're backstage. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But no video taken at all in any of the houses. So we got some pictures of the facade, pictures of me outside of the facade, which was so cool. Like I love poltergeist. Craig, I know that you like poltergeist. You've seen it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And this is the original Poltergeist. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't Not seen it for 20 odd years, but I still love it. Yeah, I went to see in the pictures when it first came out. That's how old Did I am. Did you? Oh, yeah. Were oh, you yeah. scared of it when you saw it at the pictures? Uh, well, it was a while ago now. Um, I remember it being creepy and scary in parts, I would say. But then obviously, you know, there's, there's some kind of tongue in cheek pieces as well, you know. Um, but no, I loved it. I thought it was a great film at the time. It was one of my favourites. Definitely. Like, I, I really, really love Poltergeist. And I remember, like, when I was growing up and I was watching it, like, I, and I don't know whether it's because of Steven Spielberg's influences in it. Yeah. But it's very E.T. like to me. Yeah, me too. It's definitely got that Steven Spielberg feeling that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, all the scenes were like the neighbourhoods. It's, it's just like E.T., you know, kids on bikes and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, you've got the Toby Hooper in there with the um, the real the real corpses. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's very Spielberg-esque. And so when I was growing up, I wasn't necessarily scared of a, a huge chunk of the film. But as it went into the end, like, I'm not scared of clowns. Clowns don't scare me. But the clown puppet in Poltergeist did, obviously, because it's very, very creepy. 
Yeah. But we weren't allowed to take pictures of that bit, unfortunately. And it was so cool to just see those because when you're walking through in the nighttime, and this is something I said to David, and I was like, I am I'm a film fan and I'm a horror fan and when I'm walking through these houses, like tours like this are important because I wanna see these things up mm. close and I wanna spend a little bit of time kind of looking around them and you don't necessarily get to do that at yeah. the event. Like, don't get me wrong, there were some nights when we were going through and the crowds were low and so there's certain houses that we were going through alone and we could kind of take our time a little bit or ones with low crowds where we could kind of slow down. But the whole, even when you're just walking through by yourself, I think the team members are so used to kind of motioning you through quickly, they just automatically do it. And I'm like, oh, it's there's just five of us. There's no one even behind us and there's no one in front of us. Like, I don't need to go super quick. Mm. So it was nice to be able to take the time to look at all of these props and all of these sets and see things that you might not have seen during the day. Like, the there is a scene with the meat moving across the counter mm-hmm. and you don't really get to appreciate that in the night time mm-hmm. but have they, have they still got all the lighting effects going or is it no is it, no okay. no so the the tunnel section where you could take pictures was still super super dark there's no lights in that bit right so i don't know whether on other tours they have the lights on in that but yeah. for us it was very very dark in that bit still but the rest of it there's no effects going yeah. Um, David was showing us some of the puppets and how the puppets move because there's an awful lot of puppets this year. So they have the um, the white beast puppet mm-hmm. for um, for Podgeist, and they have like a giant skull head puppet. So he was showing us how they work, which was super cool. Um, there is a clown doll on a shelf, and if you catch it at the right time in the night, its head moves. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see that every single time that I went through. So it's cool to see that up close and personal. There was a clown puppet hanging from the ceiling, which I didn't see at all for the first two weeks. It was taken out because they needed to fix things with it. So it was cool to see that kind of in the light because then it was there the next few nights, so I knew what I was looking for, and I knew it was there. You can't miss it, it's giant anyway. Yeah. But it was just so much fun to see, just to see everything. And David demonstrated to us how, um, you know, the bit in the film where he's pulling his face off. Oh, I need to watch this film again, because I've forgotten it. It's like one of the most iconic scenes in the film. You will definitely remember. Like, if I was to show you a picture, you would definitely remember it. Yeah. But he showed us that it is. So he's in the mirror. Yeah, he but... starts picking his face, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But in the house, it's like a everything's doubled, so it looks like it's mm. a mirror, but it's not. So yeah. there is a dummy on one side with the like peeling his face off, and then there's a scare actor who's hiding. And it looks like it's in a mirror, but it's not. So he showed us how that works. Mm-hmm. He showed us how they do the moving meat. So in the film, it was kind of like like a puppeteer kind of person underneath who was kind of moving the meat to make it look like it's crawling. But they decided that they couldn't have somebody 
hide in underneath a cupboard for 45 minute sets so they did a kind of magnet type thing and then they just put ridges on the counter so it looked like it was crawling which was super super interesting then they showed us a bit that I hadn't really seen much in the night time and that was and it was something that I was gutted about at first because like all all that I wanted to see like I kind of have like a list of things whenever we get an IP announced I have like a list of things from the film or from the tv show that I super super want to see so one of the things that I wanted to see in the house was a stretching hallway and the first few times that I went through Poltergeist, I was like, they don't have a stretch and hallway. Like, I'm so sad. But I just wasn't seeing it because I was being rushed through. And there was. So there was a little section where there was kind of three door sets and the lighting would shine onto the kind of scrims in front of the actual door to make it look like it was extending which was super cool so and after i'd seen it on the tour i would notice it more when i was going through in the night then mm. so that was awesome to see it's clever isn't it? it is very very clever and it was like it's just so cool just to see this stuff and i feel like even if you're not necessarily gonna go to the event in the night like there was two ladies on our tour who were fully decked out in horror nights merch they looked like they were the two biggest Horror Nights fans that you could ever, ever meet. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, no, we don't ever come in the night. Like, we've never, ever been in the night. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, you clearly love Horror Nights. And they're like, oh, no, like, it's too scary. Like, we <laughs> like to come in the day, so we always do the Unmasked and the Horror Tour, but we will never come in the nighttime. And I was like, what? <laughs> you should have ripped the T-shirts right off them. Honestly, I was so, so shocked. And they were like, we love everything that they do. Like, we love all of the sets, and we think they're so beautiful. And we love seeing how everything works. But... I would legitimately have a heart attack if a scare actor jumped out at me. And so I was presumably like, well, they don't watch horror movies then either. Well, I mean, like they seemed like they were like into horror, but they just don't mm. want it in real life. And I was like, wow. And these women were like in the sixties. And mm. I was like, you guys are cool, but like you need to come tonight. Like, I mean, I'm not going to force you to come, but I feel like you should go one time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I feel like if you wanted to do it the kind of opposite way that I did. Like if you were scared of the houses and you wanted to just see how they are first, mm-hmm. this yeah. is an ideal thing to do. Me personally, yeah. I didn't want spoilers. No, no, I'd be the same. But yeah, you're right. If you're if you're really scared and you're trying to work up the courage, it's a good way to do it. Definitely, because you mm. can see where all the boo holes are. You can see how everything works. You get an idea of, like, I'm not saying that you're going to remember the exact layout of the houses when you're going through them, but you're going to have yeah. a rough idea of where you're going. Because there's did some they... houses that you just get lost in. Yeah. And did, did, did they tell you anything about stuff that's actually happened on Halloween Horror Nights? Did they have any, any good stories about stuff that people have done or things that have gone wrong um, or whatever? Not... I didn't really ask so much about that. I was more asking about just, like, how things work and then, yeah. like, any kind of hidden stuff that's in the house, like any Easter eggs that are in the house. Sure. Um, there is a little Kong statue mm-hmm. in the bedroom scene. And then what they did was they have the bedroom scene with the tree coming through the window. And then just after that, they have a 
section that's kind of scrimmed off either side with like the like just netting and behind it is like the stuff that's flying around the room so you had to buy double of all of the props and it's like identical hmm. so it was really really cool yeah and then uh, what i had something really interesting to tell you about poltergeist but now i don't remember where it was it'll come to me maybe hmm. maybe but it was really 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 interesting to see all of the sets and all well, the did, stuff that they used did they show you any television tricks no do you go into the telly in the as well no you actually don't. So a oh. lot of this house is original. Oh, so right. it's kind of so you'll go through you go through the tunnel underneath the house and then you end up in the kitchen. So you'll see mm-hmm. the chairs stacked up in the corner and then there is coffins that have come up through the floor. And then you will walk through and you will see um Tangina and you will see the bedroom and the hallway and then you go into the light which is something they don't do in the film yeah don't go into the light don't go into the light (laughs) so we go into the light so (laughs) (laughs) we see the beast puppet and then we kind of go through this room that I think they called what did they call it was it the uterus room I think maybe and it's just all this like pinky whitey netting and it's like really really um claustrophobic so you'll walk through there and then you'll see um the clown stuff so there's the big skull head first, and you'll see all of these dangling like clown arms, which is the sif, the stuff in face, which obviously the structure from scares. Um, you'll see the clown, you see the dead bodies that have come up through the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like kind of camouflaged skull head kind of scare actors popping away everywhere. So we go into the light and we see things in the light that we obviously don't see in the film. So it's kind of a half IP and half original house. Right. Mm. But Poltergeist is actually my number one favourite house this year. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah, the Stranger Things. Yeah. Like, I loved Stranger Things. I thought Stranger Things was such a cool house. Like, everything about it was interesting. Like, I love Stranger Things TV show anyway. Mm -hmm. And it was super cool to be, like, immersed in those sets and to see those characters. But Poltergeist was the first half of it, at least, was probably the scariest house I've been in. Other than Dead Exposure. Dead Exposure was scary, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. Poltergeist was terrifying. Mm -hmm. It was such, such a good house. Yeah. I like I like the way that they're doing the kind of classic houses. So things like The Shining mm. and Paul's Guys. Like I'm really liking this theme, and I hope that this carries on for the next few years because they're tending to be my favourite houses. I yeah. thought that Paul's Guys was going to be my favourite, and I wasn't disappointed by it. Right. Yeah. So I suppose then... there's really high expectations for Stranger Things. So even if it's good, it's going to be. It's going to be hard to live up to everybody's expectations, probably. I feel like 
for for me it wasn't even that about it really like I I knew that I was gonna love Stranger Things and I definitely did like there's not one bad point that I could think of about it it's just that this year was such a strong year Mm-hmm. I feel like probably I know that everyone says everyone this was the best year this was the best year but I feel like this year was overall strong mm-hmm. and ev- like usually you'll see people's like end of event lists of their favorite things and everyone kind of maybe has the, the a similar top one to three this year everybody's list is different right because the houses were just that good and there was no real like weak house I'd say really mm-hmm. I know that people weren't super into Blumhouse I like Blumhouse mm-hmm. so even though that was the bottom of my list it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a bad house it certainly wasn't for me but yeah. everything else was just super super good so mm-hmm. it's hard to to kind of place them but Stranger Things was a fantastic house and that was the house that we did next so I was dying with excitement going to do this house. I was absolutely buzzing. I was like, I don't even care if we're not allowed to take any pictures in here. Like, I just want to be in this house with the lights on. I don't want anyone rushing me around. I just want to look at every single thing in here. So we were allowed to take pictures in Merkwood, which is the woods, which was incredible, by the way. So they... I'd spoke about it before the event started, how they were using mirrors around the room to kind of emulate a an expansive forest, and right. it worked so well. Yeah. It was incredible. It was like I was legitimately in a forest. So we were allowed to take pictures in there of, like, um, Will's den and Will's bike, and just some other little bits in there. And we were also allowed to take pictures in Hawkins lab. But that was it. We couldn't take pictures anywhere else in the house. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Like, honestly, I feel like I don't really understand why you can't take pictures everywhere in all of the houses. Because I feel like, one, I see people taking pictures in the nighttime anyway. I mean, the rules are the rules. It is what it is, but it is just a little bit. Hmm. It'd be be good if they give an explanation and then you'd go, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I guess, if they've got stuff, you know, particular effects or whatever they're trying to protect, maybe, that are in some scenes and less than others. Maybe. Like, I don't know whether it's that or whether... Mm -hmm. They put things in the house that they maybe don't want the IP owners to see all of. But Mm -hmm. then, you know, they they will guide them through the houses anyway, so they'll see it anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm not really sure of the entire... Like, there's there's a whole bunch of different things I could think of, but I I don't know if any of them would be the legitimate reason of why. Would he have allowed an audio recording? I didn't want to chance it. No, not an unofficial one. If you'd have said to him, am I allowed to record audio, do you think he would have said yay or nay? I think that he would have said no. Okay. Just because of the like the stories that they'll tell about the houses or like things that they're like 
the scare actors will do or like how it works like I just don't know whether I mean I'm sure that like you know people know how how like the scare triggers work and things like that but I just don't I just don't know if it would be allowed so I was kind of thinking of doing an audio recording just for myself because Mm -hmm. there's so much to remember yeah but then I was like okay like I'm not gonna well yeah you don't it's just what if isn't it you don't want to get yourself into trouble that's it I don't want to get myself into trouble and I also don't want to get the tour guide in trouble yeah and so even though like when they say okay you can't take pictures in this room there is opportunities to like where you could still potentially take a picture in that room because if you've got eight or ten or twelve people on a tour you know, you can't necessarily watch every single person, but I just feel like out of respect for the tour guide and out of respect for Universal, like, I'm not, if you tell me that I can't take pictures picture somewhere, I'm not going to take a picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Plus, if everybody's taking pictures for the entire tour, no one's listening to the tour. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, I took an awful, awful lot of pictures in all the places that I was allowed to take pictures, and sometimes I would... The, the group would have moved on and they'll be in the next room and I'm still trying to get a picture of, of a thing and I'm like oh, I'm missing everything that you're saying so I'm running trying to catch up and I'm like I wish that like I would have just told James to take but James is the worst photographer ever by the way <laughs> James and Luke together the two worst photographers that you've ever seen in your entire life so if I would have left it to James I would have just got blurry crap so I had no choice but to take it myself so that- there's there's definitely things that I've missed on David's like describing, mm. but I had to kind of choose my moments to just take pictures. What were you going to say then, Craig? It just uh, that's probably part of it. That's probably the main part of it because, like, just one little thing there. You're you're in one room. They've moved on to the next room. You've only got a finite amount of time to get this tour done. And everybody's just ambling around taking pictures. I think that's probably it. Maybe. And, you know, the, so he would kind of give us quite a lot of time. So he'd te- he'd first tell us things about the room that we were in. And then he'd tell us whether or not we were allowed to take pictures in it. And he'd say, OK, I'm going to give you some time to take pictures. And then, like, he was super, super good. And he waited for everybody. And if people wanted pictures of themselves in that room, he would take pictures for them or like his favorite thing to do in every single house to me was to hide in the boo holes and scare me. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm a wimp. Even though I like scary things, like I'm, I'm really in real life, I'm a wimp and I get scared by everything. So then he thought that was the best thing ever and he would hide in every single hole. And then him and James and Zach would team up to get me. so like I was scared the whole entire time but it was so incredibly fun to walk through these Stranger Things sets like as such a huge Stranger Things fan I can't even describe how amazing it was to see it with the lights on to see the Demogorgon puppets and they were beautiful like they were the most beautifully made puppets that I could have ever imagined they were absolutely fantastic like nothing I could have even imagined how did they compare to your way? 
oh, mine looks like a five-year-old made it in comparison. <laughs> like, honestly, mm. these were absolutely incredible. But, like, looking at these things, like, it just, it gave me, like, a new energy and a new, like, like, I walked out of these houses and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. I want to do this more than anything. And this, like, seeing the work that these people have put into these things, like, this is my dream job to make things like this. And seeing it in real life and seeing it so close was was amazing and emotional. But it was fantastic seeing them. And then there was a little fun fact for this house too. So if you've been through this house, there is a section of it where there is sheets hanging either side of you. And there is a Demogorgon shadow behind one of the sheets. And every time that I went through it, I was like, okay, so that is either a puppet of a Demogorgon or it's a Demogorgon costumed scare actor that's behind it i didn't imagine it would be anything like the like super detailed demogorgon puppets but i imagine it'd be like the general shape of a demogorgon mm-hmm. standing behind the sheets it was in fact a tiny demogorgon figure like toy size like maybe four or five inches tall on a box with a torch behind it that's good, isn't it? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that is insane. Like, I would mm. never, ever, ever have thought that that's what that would have been. Yeah. But that was so, so cool to see that. It was cool to just, like, the certain parts of Stranger Things where, you know, when the Demogorgons come in, the lights will be, like, kind of flashing and then they'll go yeah. up and then when they and then they'll come back on when the demogorgon's there and there's a particular like i can spoil anything now because horror nights is over but there's a section in the kind of sheddy hook kind of thing and mm. there's a light hanging from the ceiling and it's kind of flickering and you'll see will and then the light will go off, and then when the light comes back on, there is a gigantic demogorgon that pops out at you. And just like seeing how that works, I was like, oh, that's so freaking cool. Like, it's just, it was awesome. And the sections of the house that are kind of dark, and there's a lot to look at. So there's things that you'd miss. Like, mm. there is a Bob in the oh, library. Bob. A Bob. Bob. But Bob. Bit, Bob. Bob. <laughs> Bob. 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 <laughs> there is a, a Bob called... dummy. <laughs> Bob. Um, which I'd missed quite a lot of the times that I'd gone through. And so it was cool to see her in there. Um, I also learned that when... I, I knew the first bit anyway. So when they were casting for the Stranger Things house, they were looking for people who were lookalikes of the characters. Mm-hmm. And I... You, they have face characters quite often in the houses and, you know, they look a little bit similar. But the guys that were playing the characters in this house were uncanny. Like, they were absolutely incredible. But the first, I want to say maybe like six or seven times that I'd gone through, well, about four or five times I'd gone through, 
I hadn't seen Steve, and Steve's my favourite Strange Things character, and I just didn't think that he was in the house. But what I learned was that the like obviously there's two casts, but there's also like alternate casts. Mm-hmm. So on one walkthrough you might see Nancy, and on another walkthrough you'll see Steve. Right. And then on one walkthrough you might see Mike, but on another walkthrough you'll see Lucas. And it's because they could obviously only get a small number of people who seriously looked like these characters. Yeah. They couldn't work, obviously, every shift. So they'd alternate more than the regular cast would. So that was cool. And then after that, I did see Steve on the rest of my um, goes through the house. But I thought that was super, a super cool, interesting fact about the Stranger Things house. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah. the Mickey, was the Mickey Mouse phone in any of them? Um, not that I remember. Okay. Not that I remember. But, I mean, if it was anywhere, it would have been Carnival. Oh. But the Stranger Things house, honestly, was, it was just so, so cool. And I think I maybe put it at about four in my list. I'm going to do a whole video on, on my list anyway. And then when Chris is on, we'll both run through our our list with Luke. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's not because I thought it was a four by any means. It's just that, like I said, the houses were all just so strong that it was just yeah. hard to place them. Yeah. So the next house that we did was Scary Tales, and this house is gorgeous. Like, have you guys seen anything of the Scary Tales house, like on YouTube or on pictures? Not no. a sausage. No. Really? No. Okay, so... The facade of this house is a castle and the Wicked Witch of the West would be kind of on the on one turret of the castle and she would either fly out above you or she'd go kind of around and hop onto different like platforms of the castle, like kind of in a circle around you. And it was such a beautiful facade. Like I, everything that I'm talking about on this episode i'm going to put into a photo album on our facebook group so if you're not in our super secret facebook group which is what's it called now is it just called yeah. the after dark podcast network yes yeah, something like that was i think podcast so army i used to be yeah back in, in the old days in yeah. the old days it's the yeah. after dark yeah i think it's the after dark podcast network so Request to join our super secret group and you will see all of these beautiful pictures. So we were allowed to take pictures of this facade, which was awesome. So we got a group photo outside of it, which David kindly took of us. And we could just take pictures of the facade in general. Then, as we walked through, there was something that I had never seen. And I went through scary tales a whole bunch of times. Like, probably... At least once every night that I went to Horror Nights. And some nights I'll go through two or three times. So I've been through it an awful lot of times. But there was something that I had never ever seen before. And that's because it's very, very dark in this little corridor. But this to me was just like the art and design team and the creative team have so much attention to detail. That even though they know that this is a dark corridor and you may not see it, there's a chance that you might see this. And so they put effort into it anyway. 
So they had, what are they called? Is it called a sconce? I think it's called. Is it like that's where like lights like old super old lights like on a on a castle wall? I think that's what it's called. Yeah, that's right. A sconce. Yeah, that's right. It's like a like a torch or something that goes on the wall. Yep. I'm so smart. Okay, (laughs) so they had these, and these were made up of um, you know, like when a witch is going to put a curse on someone or a spell on someone, and she will take like maybe some of the hair or like some of the clothes or things like that to kind of put the curse on them so they had multiples of these and people weren't necessarily going to see them all the time and i definitely hadn't seen them but with the with the lights on i was like that's cool like that's a cool thing to have so on one of them was like a bit of dorothy's dress and some sweets from hansel and gretel and then on another one, they had some pig's feet for the three little pigs and some of Rapunzel's hair. And then they had an apple and some bear skin and some spiders and fish bones and a sword. And I was like, like these are all like, like that's such cool attention to detail. Like that's just cool. That's a cool thing to see. And I loved that. So I took lots of pictures of that too. So you may not have seen that even if you've been through the houses a bunch of times, but I will post those pictures in the group too because they deserve to be seen. Like, mm-hmm. again, this is why tours like this are so important because so much work goes into this that you just might not see in the nighttime. Yeah. So I really, really liked that. Mm-hmm. Another cool thing in this house, which you may not have seen, is in Rapunzel's room. So we have Rapunzel's tower. On the wall, there is a little gecko, which is a nod to Pascal from Tangled, oh, which yeah. I thought was super, super cute. Mm-hmm, yeah. I was like, oh, ah. mm-hmm. But this house was one of my favourites. There's so much cool stuff in here. So when you first walk through, Dorothy is chained up in a little jail kind of cell and then we have the cowardly lion who is not so cowardly anymore which is a puppet which was a cool puppet um the scarecrow was pinned to the wall and there was a scare that was supposed to be with the scarecrow but i never actually saw in the nighttime which was he had a a hole in his belly and he was supposed to be being impaled i guess by the witch but I never actually saw that scare. Right. So, um, yeah. I never saw the Tin Man. But I, from what I can remember, I think that David had said that there was a Tin Man costume, but it just wasn't working out. Also, the so cape day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a section with Goldilocks. And there is two bears in that section. So oh, Mama Bear. Only two. Only two because the third one comes at the end. Uh, but okay. Mama Bear is on the table and she is being cut up by Goldilocks. And that bear was a real bear. Oh. It was a taxidermied real life bear. It wasn't a HHN bear, was it? No, not yet. Oh. 
No. So this was a real-life taxidermy bear, and they had cut its chest open so that Goldilocks could kind of be, like, digging in its chest and, like, stabbing its chest. And according to our tour guides, nobody wanted to kind of open the chest up. Like, everyone was like, oh, no, it's a real bear. I'm not doing it. And then one of the makeup girls at work there was just like, oh, I'll just do it. So she carved open the chest and, like, filled it with all this stuff. Um, But I thought that was an interesting facts that it was a real bear like mm. i hadn't noticed that i thought like a few times walking through i was like wow that's like a really really good bear like the fur looks incredible and that's because it was real so then baby bear would be a puppet who would be attacking from the side which was again cool mm. then we had the three little pigs so one of them was wearing a wolf's head Game of Thrones style. As you do. As you yeah. do. Um, all along the walls of that room, there was bits of pig, like little curly pigtails and pig's feet and pig's legs. And you know, I love pigs, so that hit my feelings a little bit. Nice. Um, there was a little mermaid room, but the mermaids were not, traditional looking mermaids they were what are those fish called that are super poisonous lionfish i think lionfish lionfish. yeah that's what they were that's what they looked like um but that room was an average an averagely wide room but what they did was put kind of like seaweed type um curtain kind of things and they made the walkway as narrow as they were legally allowed to and then they'd have the mermaidy fish either side, like walking up and down, so the scare could follow you up and down the, the pathway, which was cool. Um. Then at the end of the house, HHM Bear made an appearance. Oh, bless him. I know. So, you know, that the cool thing that Horror Nights does where you think that the house is done, you've seen last scare, you're kind of walking through the black curtains, then HHM Bear would pop out at the very, very end and scare you. So that was super fun. And everyone would be chanting, bear, bear, bear. And then he'd pop out. It was awesome. I loved it. So after Scary Tales, we had our lunch break. So that's when I went to get my nachos and my beer. And we had a super fun talk with David about, like, the podcast, about YouTube, about, like, costumes that I've done, and the kind of things that he's done and like his experience at Horror Nights. And honestly, like I really, really, really loved David. Mm. Like I really, really loved him. So, so far after three houses, what are you guys thinking? I would do this in a heartbeat. Mm. If I wasn't yeah, there for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. If I'd, if I'd been through the houses, yeah, I'd be really interested in it. Yeah, that's it. Like, the only... And it's not a downside, I don't think, but it's because it takes up a whole day. Yeah. I think is maybe what puts some people off it. That is mm. worth every every penny. Yeah. To get that much entertainment. Definitely. Worth, yeah, yeah exclusive. You know, it's kind of... Well, not exclusive, but it's... There's only a limited number of people that can do that in, in any in any one year. Exactly. Mm. So 
after our lunch break, which I think was about 45 minutes, maybe it was half an hour. It wasn't it wasn't super long. We then headed over to the back of the park to go and do Seeds of Extinction. And this house has so many cool things in it that I had just never ever noticed before. Some things I had noticed, but there's just so much in there. Like, have you seen YouTube videos of this one? No. No, I've been trying to avoid them, but I don't know why, really, because I'm not, I'm not going, so... <laughs> well, it's over now, them. so you yeah. can watch them now. Yeah, well. But there's yeah. so much stuff in this. So this house was based in a mall. So it was based in Desert Valley Mall. And basically a meteor had hit Earth and vegetation had taken over. So there's no human life left. It was all just vegetation. So there was no human scares in this house. It was all plant-based scares. Vegetarian. Was it vegan? A vegan house? A vegan house that me and Nick would definitely enjoy. Presbyterian house? Me and Nick would be fine. You guys would all suffer. I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. So in this house, there's some things that Horror Nights had put out in a blog, which I still think was quite like easy to miss. But we had different kind of like concession stands in the mall. So one of them was Jack and Eddie's Sunwear, which is a nod to Jack the Clown and his brother Eddie. Then we had CJ McPherson's Home Security, which is a nod to the original Dead Exposure house and the main character from that house, Mm. which, again, was cool. Then we had a little shop that was Build-A-Bear-esque, but it was called Let's Make a Baby, Mm. which I thought was pretty funny. We had Good Harvest Daycare, which was a throwback to Cindy. And Cindy was in the Good Harvest Orphanage, which again was pretty cool. I think that's because of the lighting in the house. Sometimes you might see this kind of writing on the wall to see where you are. Sometimes you might not see it. It depends on kind of what the group in front of you is like and what you're paying attention to, what you're not paying attention to. But I thought that was a cool little thing. Um, in the Good Harvest Daycare, there was a figment plushie on the floor, which I'd never, ever seen in the night before. And I thought that was a, a fun little thing. I managed to get a picture of figments behind. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to get the full figment in the picture, but I'll post that picture in the group too. Um, there was a lost dog poster, and on the lost dog poster, it said that the dog was last seen near Sal's Salvage, which is from Carnival Graveyard. So it's kind of linking them in. There was another thing that Universal had posted out was the Lightning Gulp poster, which is a, a nod to Lightning Gulch from Ghost Town. And Lightning Gulp is like a kind of slushy drink. Mm-hmm. There was a whole stand of ultraviolet comics, which like hardcore Horror Nights fans will 
I really appreciate it. So there's things like Asylum in Wonderland and the in-between. I've got a super cool picture of that, which I'm going to post in the group. That was probably one of my favourite things in the house, as well as a love letter, which I'd, I would never have even thought to look for that in the daytime and i posted this on instagram and i got a few messages like oh my god like that's like super super cool and that was nia for those that have been through the house there was a kind of crashed mini airplane i don't know what it has a special name for this kind of mini airplane but i don't remember what it was um but there's kind of a hanging airplane and underneath that there's a little table that had this love letter on and during the night time you would never ever ever have been able to kind of go around and have the chance to read the whole letter you might have seen it on the table but you wouldn't have had the chance to read it all so it's cool to be able to see that and take a picture of it there was a section of the house that scared me very much which was a art gallery which had a dust bowl exhibit which mentioned Scarecrow. And there was pictures of the Dust Bowl all over these art gallery walls. And I was like, oh my God, Scarecrow the Reaper. <laughs> but that was cool to see, but scary in equal measures. Yeah. Um, there's also a picture, like just deviating from that a little bit, in Slaughter Cinema on the wall of pumpkin gods there's a picture of the i think he said it was the it was either the makeup team or special effects team that worked on scarecrow there's a picture of them on the wall in the pumpkin guts room of solar cinema um going back to seeds of extinction there is boxes of blue moon but yeah oh yeah lots of them that type said, of stuff is brilliant it. isn't it and mm. you wouldn't yeah. You wouldn't see that. No. Sorry, I'm just having some of my... <laughs> which is not Blue Moon, unfortunately. It's Budweiser. Um, there is... Remember in Dead Waters where there was a slanted walkway? Yeah. So they had another one of these slanted walkways in Seed of Extinction. And this slanted walkway was a Mexican restaurant. And it was supposed to be the second floor of the Mexican restaurant had kind of caved in when the meteor had hit. So you were walking kind of on that slanty bit of the restaurant. Which, again, was super, super cool. And every every plant in that house, like everything just blended in so well. And there's use of like hand puppets in there. Like Seeds of Extinction was a cool house. It was super, super cool. Did he tell you when they start dismantling all this work? Is it the day after or did he have a week to catalogue everything or? Well, he said that they kind of like pick out the props that they know that they want to use again and then like every prop is stored in the prop warehouse like they they keep all everything pretty much like all the props um and they reuse an awful lot of stuff but they'd said that you know it's it's not like the day after like, they'll start taking like the scare zone stuff down and then they'll kind of just gradually make their way to the houses such a shame it mm. is because they're so they're so beautiful and seeing them with the lights on is just even more beautiful. Yeah. And it was just it was sad. Mm. 
it just gives you a, a totally new appreciation of all the hard work that they put in. You know, it's like um, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, isn't it? All the little nods in that attraction. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the same, but this is getting ripped out every year. Yeah, and it's funny because I mean, uh, that's I think it's quite it's good from the point of view of you get a different thing every year, but it does make it more special as well, doesn't it? I mean, you you know you've got one chance to to see those houses and they're gone then. Exactly, so, so. and that's why I had such an appreciation for being able to take pictures. Yeah. Like I know that I couldn't take a picture of everything, but the the sections where I could take pictures, like in Seeds of Extinction, you could take pictures of everything in every room in every scene. You could take pictures of whatever you wanted. So I went wild. <laughs> I think like right now I have like seven thousand pictures on my phone. Gee whiz! Yeah, I know. And a, an awful lot of them are from the Unmasked Narrator. And I'd say a good portion of them are from Seeds of Extinction. I did really, really go OTT with the pictures in there. But I just wanted to make sure that I got everything. So I got pictures yeah. of all of the, the Dust Bowl pictures in the art gallery. There's a, a paragraph on the wall about Dust Bowl. So I made sure I got that. I got pictures of the letter. I got pictures of us had a daycare. And I know that um, there was a few people who had said that you know they really enjoy the horror night houses but things like about kids or babies makes them feel uncomfortable so a lot of people didn't like a scene of hive last year mm. where there was like babies in the cot oh, there, I was, remember that. there was quite a few in seeds because there's a whole daycare section so there's quite a few babies in cots in there which people might not have liked mm. um but i i took an awful awful lot of pictures in that because mm. everything was so beautifully done and again the attention to detail is crazy like they in the mexican restaurant they had like a, a mural on the wall of like these chili characters which were obviously like the icons of the mexican restaurant and i'm like this is mm. just cool like this is just a cool place to be and i think seeds was definitely one of my favorite houses just to explore mm. but that was a definitely one of the houses where I kind of got left behind a little bit because I was just trying to take so many pictures that the tour kind of just got ahead of me so then everyone was waiting for like five minutes for me at the end and I'm like sorry guys like <laughs> um but after that we did trick-or-treat and I don't have many notes about trick-or-treat not because I didn't love it because I did but I think I loved it that much that I forgot to take notes. <laughs> but this was, honestly, the first time I went through this house, I spent the entire time being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, look at that, oh my God, look at that. This is incredible. I love this so much. Because it was just so beautiful. Like, yeah. you guys have both seen Trick or Treat, right? Oh, yeah. Stunning mm-hmm. film. Absolutely gorgeous film. And I think they, like, people who loved the Scare Zone last year, Loved this house even more than the scare zone. It was absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So the facade was incredible. So we were allowed to take pictures of the facade. Then outside of the facade, there was like a, a little kind of alley. And Sam was at the end of the alley, like a Sam um, dummy. We were allowed to take pictures of that and with that. Mm-hmm. Then once we got inside of the house, we couldn't take pictures in the hallways. 
So there was the stairs as we walked in, we weren't allowed to take pictures of that. There was a really cool effect at the top of those stairs that I think people were sometimes missing. And it was a... Um, a what do you call it when it's like uh, kind of like the thing they do in Haunted Mansion? False perspective? No. I know. Well, like, you, you it? see it. You see it and it's there and then it disappears because it's not. Oh, real. yeah. Pepper's ghost. That's Pepper's it. Pepper's ghost, yeah. yeah. That's it. So that was at the top of the stairs. So it was Sam and then he'd disappear and then he'd flash back up again. Right. But he looked like he was really there. So that was a cool effect. Mm. Um, then they had a Krieg, Mr. Krieg with a Sam puppet which was attacking him which was again super cool in the hallway we were allowed to take pictures in the bedroom which is the the flamey pumpkin scene and where there's trick or treat written all over the walls so we were allowed to take pictures in there so I did so I'll post them in the group too um, then we weren't allowed to take pictures for the rest of the house Aww. which was sad because honestly the quarry scene was gorgeous mm-hmm. i had really really high hopes How, of the scene and it was so good did they get the sense of depth in there like they do definitely wow definitely like the the quarry walls were super high they had the school bus which looked like it was you know half half in this quarry it was just so good. They had the lift. And I'd, I'd heard from a few people that were walk because you walk through the lift. And a few people didn't know, didn't recognise that that was the lift until we were on the tour. So that was interesting for some people. Um, yeah. But everything about this house, I just really, really loved. Mm, sounds was- a good one. A whole bunch of pumpkins outside of the facade, which are gorgeous. They were pumping a pumpkin scent, and I've got a room spray which smells identical to that. So if you liked that smell, message me and I will tell you what this um, room scent is because I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it smells identical to it, and I love that scent. But I will post pictures of this one in there too but a gorgeous gorgeous house but i'm going to move on to carnival just because i've got an awful lot to talk about on carnival and i'm conscious that we have been recording for an hour and a half already mm-hmm. and i said that Sometimes. i didn't want to do a two-hour episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> so carnival had the most things to look at in the house if you've been through it you know you guys really need to watch a youtube video on it mm-hmm. This sounds like it was potentially the one where they've got real ghost stories in. I mean, he didn't tell us any real ghost stories, but, I mean, this was like a mixture of things that have been used in the parks at other Horror Nights events and things that they have taken from, I guess, like, um, like sale, just sales of like old carnival things, oh, because like it was just a carnival kind of junkyard type thing. Possessed items. That's mm. honestly like the stuff in there was so incredibly cool, but I'm gonna just kind of go over some horror nights or Universal Easter eggs that were in there that you may have seen or you may 
may not have seen and then I will talk more in depth about Carnival when Chris and Luke are on because there's so much to talk about on it. So this, again, was one of my favourite houses. I think the scares in here were awesome. The sets were awesome. I loved everything about it. So as you walk in, you'll see the facades. We're allowed to take pictures of the facades too, which say is salvage. And on the right hand side of you was a bumper car which was used in a treaks and ferns scare zone which i posted a picture of on instagram but i will repost that in um our group everything that was allowed to take a picture of again in this house i'll post in our group so then we had a universal sign from the palace theater from halloween horror nights 19 which was the ushers year which again was cool we had a sack with Jack's face on, which was from the Carnage Return show from Halloween Horror Nights 25. So when we were recording, when this house got announced, we'd talked like quite a lot about how we thought that there would be Jackie strikes in this house. Like, there's got to be. Like, I did a whole video about how I thought that this was going to be Jack's backstory house. Yeah, I remember. And, and was he? No, it wasn't. Hmm. Well, it was still a very, very good house. And I feel like that's something they could definitely do in the future. But it was nice to see that they had little nods to Jack in there. So they had the the sack and then they had a kind of... um, I don't even really know what it was. It was just a thing that was kind of like a sun, but Jack's face. And then they Mm -hmm. had a Jack banner a couple of rooms down so they had they had three different jacks in there so it was nice to see they had randomly a book of the dead from the mummy which Mm. i had never ever seen in there until i did the tour like a lot of stuff there's so much stuff in there that they could never possibly have told us everything that's there yeah yeah so it's like it but there's there's just so much so they had a giant skull from festival of the deadliest they had the well walker from the walking dead so the guy that's just like his kind of head and torso <laughs> yeah the rotten one yeah. that was fantastic <laughs> it was so he was so all of the the kind of dead dummies in there are trespassers to the salvage yard so if they catch you they're gonna kill you basically so there's all these carnies and they have kind of made all of these old and defunct carnival things into like torture devices basically mm-hmm. so all of the all the dummies and people in there are people that they've killed who were trespassing so here's the trespasser he's dead they had a giant fidget spinner that was used in the bill and ted show last year they had a gator from the dead waters facade last year mm-hmm. which again was cool um this is something that isn't verified and they didn't tell me about it on my tour but one of my friends went on the tour a couple of days ago and had said that there was a bike from et (laughs) i have a picture of it but i didn't know there was a bike from et doesn't look like a bike from et to me so i'm not too sure on that but that's what their tour guide said to them so there's a possibility they also had 
Negan's bat, Lucille. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> On the wall. So that was um, tied up to the wall. As well as a head trap from Saw. So like the fans of Saw, it was the kind of glass box head trap. Mm-hmm. They had... I, I told Pitch to talk to him. They had something that Chris will enjoy and I pointed out to Chris when I did my own version of Amanda's Unmasking the Horror Tour whilst we were doing our RIP tour they had Billy the Dummy from Dead Silence who was amongst other clowns and dummies which we were not allowed to take pictures of I'm assuming because they didn't want the IP holders to see that they had it in there I guess mm-hmm. But well, that was a cool thing to see. Craig, you just recently watched Dead Silence. Yeah, that's a horrible film. Now, a horrible in what way? Horrible in it's a horror film and it's very <laughs> scary. I think it's really scary. Yeah, I'm actually reading uh, the first Horrible Histories book with our Grace at the moment, and that's got a slappy in. Hmm. There's something about puppets from, that from come alive. Yeah, what did I say? Slappy. Yeah, yeah, Slappy from Goosebumps, yeah. Why? What? That's what I'm reading now with our Grace. We're reading Goosebumps. Oh, I thought you were reading Horrible Histories. Did I say Horrible Histories? Yeah. I'm like, this is a weird crossover. (laughs) That is a mashup. I'm getting a bit sleepy now. Now, (laughs) um, yeah, Goosebumps. So... Them puppets are just horrible things, aren't they? When they turn around and they look at you and they talk. They are very, very scary. Yeah. Like, does... I'm I'm a bit of a wimp in, like, real-life situations, like Halloween Horror Nights Houses, but when I'm watching stuff, like, I'm appreciating kind of the camera work and the set and the costumes and the makeup so much that I don't tend to get as scared but things that have dummies in freaking terrify me. And I was, the day that I saw you, Craig, in Whitby. Yeah. There is a kind of oddities shop in Whitby and they had a super old French ventriloquist doll for mm. sale. And it was the scariest doll that I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, mom, I need to buy that doll. Did and she was like, doll? well, we went into the shop and the guy was on the phone, so he was ignoring us. And my mom's <laughs> like, hey, she wants to buy the doll, how much is the doll? And he was like, well, I've only just got it, so I haven't got a price on it yet, but I'm going to say, like, maybe £300. And I was like, oh, but I really freaking want it. <laughs> yeah. So there's, a reason, it. there's a reason it was £300. It's probably because it's possessed. Honestly, <laughs> he was like, it's terrifying. Like, are you sure that you'd want to buy it? And I was like, kind of, yeah, but I feel like I may live to regret it. He's probably like, dead now. Probably. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, I wouldn't really want to keep it in my house because I'd be terrified. But then, like, I just really, 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 because Josh hates anything scary. He doesn't watch scary films. He doesn't like horror nights. He doesn't like anything. And I was like, imagine if, like, I go home and Josh is still at work and I just, like, put it on the bed and then I just, like, hide. And just I think video. Visual yeah. reaction, put it on the like, YouTube I'll channel. I'll just lose it all the time because I know that it'll freak out with it just being on the bed. But then every so often, like I'll just I'll put it away, and then like in a few weeks' time, I'll just put it somewhere else. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my god, the terrible, terrible things I could do with this doll. But I was about to go on holiday, so I didn't have that kind of money to spend on a doll. 
But I am going back to Whitby in like two weeks' time, so hopefully it might like no one wants to buy it. I I'd imagine, so it might still be there. Um, I love Whitby. I think Whitby is if you like spooky things, you will definitely Mm. like Whitby. I recommend that anyone likes anything spooky visits Whitby at least once. Well, we we were at Whitby at the height of summer in August, and it's a beautiful place in August. It is, yeah. But I could imagine now when the nights are drawing in, Mm. it'll be quite spooky. Yeah, it definitely is. And Whitby do goth weekends twice a year. Mm-hmm. Where they have special events, so they just had one um, around Halloween weekend. Yeah, and they have one, I believe, in April time, like yeah. March, April time. Um, so there's extra spooky things going on then. But honestly, Whitby is the place to be in the UK if you like spooky stuff, or if you like fish and chips, go to the Magpie Cafe. Yeah, or if you like fish and chips, yeah, or seagulls the size of Alsatians. Oh, my life, they are gigantic. I've never yeah. seen seagulls as big as they are in Whitby. Well, they feed on tourists. They don't eat a whole one, but they're pretty good. <laughs> they are very, very big. Um, I also tried to buy shrunken heads. Why? In Whitby. What, what is wrong with you? I like weird things, and I like collecting weird things. And honestly, if I, if I don't ever make it as, like... Um, anything like creative in the theme park industry i want to open my own oddities shop have you seen the conjuring yeah i like it but there's a tv show like i i know that i'm going off on a on a nick style tangent here but there's i used to always watch things like that were on the history channel or on the discovery channel like um Mounted in Alaska, which is like a taxidermy TV show, or like American Pickers, where they'd go around all of these like houses and barns and stuff, like finding weird things. And there was a show on there called Oddities, and it is my favorite TV show ever. And it's a shop. There's there's two different ones. I think one's in San Francisco, and I don't remember where the other one was. Um, but they'd sell things like vintage like doctor's utensils or like um two-headed like animal embryos or like shrunken heads things like that and like if i could do anything it would be have my own oddity shop so i could see all this weird stuff but i wouldn't necessarily have to keep it myself well i find (sighs) that's so Everyone. What the hell is that? <laughs> What's just happened? I don't know, what is that? I thought it was you. No? If you summon my name, I appear. Ah, uh, there he is. Off, Nick. I've literally <laughs> just shit my pants live on a podcast. <laughs> it's the best thing music ever. So appropriate. I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, no, of course you you wouldn't, but some some of our listeners will do. Amanda's just shitting it because she's on the floor now, covered in Bud Light. Well, that's what happens when you talk about oddities. It, look, it's her fault. Like you know, I was sitting here quite nicely and calmly, just <laughs> listening to you guys talk about stuff, and then she said Nick style tangent. I thought. Mm. I think it's time for me to make an appearance. <laughs> you got to wait until she says it three times, though. Did she not say it? Was that the first time? Yeah. That was the first time. Oh, man. 
Oh, I've had back. so much to talk about. I know. Well, I've heard some of it. It's been very good. But would you come to my oddity shop if I had one? He'd be in it. <laughs> I'd be, and here's I'd be, Nick's moustache. I would literally, I would literally be under the counter, just waiting for the time, and then play that music and just slowly rise up and appear, and then everyone would be like, "What? What's why?" And then leave. So I'd be bad business for your Odyssey shop. But uh, yeah, absolutely, why not? I'd, I'd, I'd have a look at your Odyssey shop. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, if you like Odyssey's anyway, Whippy is your place to go because there's loads of it. But speaking of Odyssey's and hidden things, there's something that a lot of people missed in Carnival, and that was an Elm Street sign. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It was very, very hidden, but I found it. Think... And there was also a Hewitt's mailbox from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So do you think... I wasn't allowed to take a picture of that, though. Do you think, but again, do you think that's because of the potential IP issues? Well, I mean, I've been hearing whisperings of that we were supposed to get a nightmare on Elm Street House. <gasps> but then we didn't. We'll get it next year. <gasps> I would absolutely adore that, but I feel as though is that Warner Brothers? Uh, yeah, I think it, yes. It, well, yeah, it will be because it's New Line. Uh huh. So that is a, a Warner venture nowadays. It wasn't when it so first started, but yeah, that could have been why we didn't end up getting it. Mm. But I was also told that Bullum House was literally put together in like two days. I don't don't understand why, though. Like, I mean, this is not the first Halloween Horror Nights where we've heard that Bullum House has been put together at the last minute. And number one, Mm -hmm. it was guaranteed it was going to be a Bullum House house. And secondly, like, surely they've had an idea of what films they wanted to put in there. I mean, you know, Ouija last year being pulled at last minute, that makes sense because you understand there's, like, the, the legal rights issue that's that's going on about the ownership of that or the, the film rights or whatever. But there's enough things in their back catalogue that they don't have that with. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't get it. So the only thing, like, this year is I think a lot of people assumed, you know, Halloween's coming out, new Halloween film's coming out, that's got to be in for this year and I think we talked about it in the last episode about why it made sense that it wasn't there this year but even so like I don't understand why they have this problem every year I really really don't know like I mean I'm, I'm like not at all saying like this was a certain thing that I was only put together in two days and blah blah I know it's going to be a night run on the streets just was it Going back to the the Halloween Horror Nights super fan video that came out on Twitter last week. Um, But I also heard whisperings of there being a nod to A Nightmare on Elm Street in the trick-or-treat house. I don't know what it was and I didn't see it. But again, that's just something that I'd heard people saying. But I went through trick-or-treat an awful lot of times and I didn't see it. And again, we did the... The Unmask and the Horror Tour of the Trick or Treat House, and I still didn't see it, so I'm not too sure on that one. 
but the Elm Street sign was in there anyway. It was quite hidden. But right next to the Nightmare on Elm Street sign was a Shady Brook license plate. Oh. Which, again, was really cool. <laughs> After that, there was the ice cream cart from Vamp 55. Hey. Which we weren't allowed to take pictures of. My favourite scare zone. Yay. It was such a good zone. It was cool to see that there again. Um, in that area, there was a box from Disaster that just said Disaster on it. Made me a little bit sad because I very, very much miss not necessarily disaster, but I miss earthquake. Yeah, I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. There was also, which I found super, super cool, a gas pump from Jaws, mm-hmm. which I'll post a picture of again in the group. And on the gas pump, the amount of it, the like the the monetary amount was six six six. Which again, I really, I really enjoyed. <laughs> but there was just so much in there. There was obviously the Jewel and Dragon sign, which I think was everyone's favourite thing to point out in the house. That was very, very hidden. And I think that Luke had been through it multiple times before I got there. And I think I had pointed it out to him because it was very dark in that area and it was kind of on the floor, like surrounded by drunk, so you couldn't really see it very well. And he only had one called, eye. That is true. Like by the time I got there, he he had both eyes. But yeah, he'd been used to going through with just the one. There was also things from Dollhouse the Dam. So there was a whole bunch of little baby doll heads and there was a big baby head in there too. And that's just a small amount of things that were in there. Like, there was literally so, so much in this house that I could sit on here all day long and I still wouldn't be able to tell you every single thing that was in there. I took an awful lot of pictures of the areas that I was allowed to take pictures in. And again, I'll post them in the group. But there's just so much cool stuff in there. Like, this was like a Halloween Horror Nights and Universal fans, like, dream to see all this stuff. It was like being in a very messy prop warehouse. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Nick, would you ever do one of these tours? So, on what I've heard, I'll listen back to the whole episode later on, but what I've heard you say so far and everything, the only thing that puts me off is the time scales, which you had mentioned, or Craig and Paula both mentioned earlier. Um... And so, yes, I mean, they, it sounds amazing. And, you know, I've spoken before about how I think, you know, there should be more about the behind the scenes stuff available, like books or websites or whatever. And so I'd love to see it, but, you know, I'd, I'd have to have been out there for a longer time to really it, justify doing it. Isn't it elitist, Stoney? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's very elitist. Referencing a Disaster Dark episode that hasn't dropped yet. Yeah, that's, mm. that's, that's even more confusing. I mean, what you've said is confusing enough, but even more so. I don't know what you're talking about. No, you, you'll find yeah. out in the next Disaster Dark. There's a teaser for you. Um, <laughs> you need to go to, Craig, you need to go to Tony's Town Square. Uh, I don't know what they're calling it, but oh. during, the, during the Mickey's Not So Scary, because that's, that's elitist on elitist. Yeah, that's, right. um, yeah. Elitist yeah, squared. Even, yeah. All you can eat for six hours. Yeah. 
Um, wow. So yeah, it, it sounds. It does sound like it'd be really good, and I think. Yeah, if you was doing what we, how we normally consume Halloween Horror Nights, which is in a very short burst over a very concentrated amount of time, it probably wouldn't be something that I'd be interested in. But if I was going out there for a longer time, then then absolutely, yeah. Just to get all that like knowledge of you know the, the stuff that you don't see, or, or just be able to see the houses as you want them to be seen. It, it's Halloween Horror Nights is such a weird thing because. You want the houses to be dark, otherwise they don't work as a scary house or a scary mm-hmm. maze. But at the same time, because they have to be as dark as they are, you don't get to see so much of that incredible detail that they put in. It would be pretty special to go through them houses with the lights on and the scare actors all working. Mm. It would be. I mean, I don't know if you've talked about this, uh, Amanda, but obviously... As we record this episode, um, we're about to, or not we're about to, but Universal is about to do something they've never done before with uh, Stranger Things. I have not spoken about it yet, only because on Wednesday Mm. we are going to drop another episode because Luke is going to be going to the event. So... There is a new thing, which is Stranger Things Day, which is the 6th of November. So for Stranger Things Day, Universal, like Nick just said, are going to do something they've never, ever done before, which I feel like is a little test. Mm. And they are going to be opening the Stranger Things house only to daytime guests. And it's not going to be toned down in any way. It's going to be exactly as it is in the nighttime. If you're an annual pass holder, you can use your annual pass as an express pass during the day, which is a a nice thing to do for the annual pass holders. Um, But I do honestly feel like this definitely is a test. We spoke a little bit on the last episode that we dropped about how I would personally love the Stranger Things house to be a year-round thing. Nick weighed, weighed it out with the the cons of doing that and that was because it's a series and it's an ever-changing thing and it would be hard to kind of maintain it and make it relevant which I understood but I honestly feel like if we were to have a in the same way that Hollywood had their classic monsters house I'd love that I would I think Nick was wrong on that totally 100% yeah, but that's just but because I, I, you have to disagree with me. That's <laughs> that's your reason, Netra. So I was screaming they... at the at the microphone at the earphones. I was screaming. <laughs> but if why they though? could keep it until even season three comes out, season one would still be relevant. Then Definitely. it'll still be relevant anyway. But it would still like the amount of people that have loved the Stranger Things house, the amount of new people that it's brought to the event, I just honestly feel like, yes, I think that they are going to get an awful lot of complaints. But I don't think it matters. Do you think, that, I mean, obviously this is testing the water a little bit, and I mean, you could look at it one of two ways. The most obvious way is that this is testing the water to see if an all-year-round Stranger Things house would work. That's the first way of looking at it. But the second one, 
you know, could they start to offer Halloween Horror Days? Just once or twice during the event and have Halloween Horror Nights all day long. No scare zones. Scare zones are pointless in the daytime, in my opinion. And also, you want people to be able to enjoy the rest of the park at the same time. But rather than just have the houses open of an evening, have them open from park opening, pretty much. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Um, Amanda Wright. I was screaming again at your last episode. Like, oh, sure. Yeah. Because I had this way of of helping alleviate some of the problems. I would charge an upcharge, because I'm elitist, right? I would charge an upcharge for character meet and greets, right? I would. So it's a photo pass. You don't have to buy the photo pass, but mm-hmm. you could you could have all the characters like they do at Mickey's Not So Scary. So some of them queues in Mickey's Not So Scary are three hours long every mm-hmm. night. Right, so you could have all the icons of horror dotted around the park with the photo people there to take the photographs. Would you pay an upcharge? Honestly, I would love nothing more than to get my picture taken with a demogorgon. So, as you're coming out the house or or something like that, there's an opportunity to have a photograph with a scare actor or anything. Just however they worked it, because you'll hear on the next is after dark. I want Disney to take on some of Universal's best um, practices. It could work the other way around. Why aren't Universal doing more of Disney's best practices? Because all them all them scare zones now are just selfie opportunities and. It's basically pointless at this point because there's just people with the phones out in the face of the actors all night long. It would alleviate some of that pressure if you could go and meet some mm-hmm. of the clowns or, or whatever and have a nice photograph and and maybe buy a three-day photo pass ticket and get like 700 photographs if that's what you chose to do with your time. I would 100% do that. Like, I know that you have a bit more of an opportunity to take pictures in Scare Actor Dining, which, again, we spoke about in the last episode. I, however, I love food very, very much. And I love Scare Actor Interaction very, very much. But Scare Actor Dining doesn't appeal to me just because I like Stay and Scream. So I like doing Stay and Scream more than I like doing Scarecter Dining. And the food does the food that they have on offer doesn't necessarily appeal to me either. Scarecter Dining is another missed opportunity, and that should be all day long. So. I mean, they could do it all day long, but then you can't you lose in a restaurant then and Monster Cafe gets really busy during the day. And, you know, I still believe that they should have walk around classic monsters in the Monster Cafe. Like, I'll believe that until I'm on my deathbed. That's what they need. I told Jason Sorrell that when I had lunch with Jason Sorrell in Monster Cafe. And I was like, honestly, what this needs, like, you, if you could speak to anybody and tell them one thing, it's that that is what this cafe desperately needs. Yeah, character dining with all the classic monsters. I would love it. Like, I, I eat at Monster Cafe on every trip anyway, 
but I would love that so so much. I feel like the the classic monsters need more of a presence in the parks. I this year they had an awful lot of. I don't think I spoke about this actually. I've got such a, a lovely story to tell about Universal and their amazing service. So they have all of this new classic monsters merch at Universal that they are selling in the prop shop and they are selling in the vault and they are selling in the Terminator, the old Terminator shop. So I desperately wanted a Frankenstein blanket that they have and I was so, so excited. And what I did this year as a test is I kept buying things from the park. This is purely for scientific reasons and not because I'm a shopaholic, is I would buy things in the park and rather than carry them around all day I'd have them sent to Aventura so that I could report back to you guys and tell you guys how easy it was and it was very 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 easy to spend all of that money let me tell you so I bought a whole bunch of classic monsters merch I had it sent to the hotel like two days before I was leaving and because I was so busy in those last few days with the Unmasking tour, with Horror Nights, with the RIP tour, I literally went downstairs to collect my package the next morning because it gets overnighted to you. Collected my package, threw it in my suitcase because I was kind of packing for the last few days just kind of as I went on. I got home and I was like, Josh, look at all of this cool stuff that I bought. I went to open my Frankenstein blanket and it had the freaking security tag on it. <sighs> but it was like, it's folded, like it's a giant blanket. It like covers my whole like king size bed. But it was folded into like a tiny, tiny square. So the, the tag went through like multiple layers of the blanket. So I couldn't open the blanket up. And I was like, oh, well, I'm frigged. Like I haven't got a Frankenstein blanket anymore. And I tweeted out like, oh... I'm so sad that the tag was left on my Frankenstein blanket and I wasn't expecting anything of it. And then Universal direct messaged me and they were like, okay, we're super, super sorry about what's happened. Can you just send us your phone number and your email address? So I did. And then I got an email literally within an hour from the head of merchandise. And she was like, right, okay, send me your address and I am going to FedEx you a new blanket today. And I was like, what? what? And honestly, I had a new Frankenstein blanket within two days with no tags. So I have, I've still got the Frankenstein blanket that has a tag on it, but it's one of those ink tags. So if I try and break it, ink's going to go everywhere. I've got a little tip for you, Amanda. Mm-hmm. If you take it into most shops, they'll actually just take the tag off for you. Will they? If especially if you got the receipt, still, yeah, absolutely. If you take, it, I mean, it does it does vary as to what their security systems like. Um, but normally, ninety percent of these things are magnet based. So if you took it into like your local supermarket or oh, shop on the high street, then just bring it to Liverpool next time you're here. We'll get it off here, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, because like, Disney, Disney do it a lot, and um, I know people that have bought something from Disneyland Paris, and they've taken their item with the receipt into a Disney store, and they've gone, yeah, of course, no problem at all, because it happens. Well, so. that's cool. Like, but I, I was not at all expecting it. I was thinking, like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just cut it, and I'm going to, like, stitch it, and, like, no one's ever going to see it. No, it's just me that's going to see it 
but they were so kind and they were so helpful and i was like honestly like universal have some of the best customer service ever you you can't argue with that i mean i'm you know what i just said that does not take away from that generosity at all no, it's that's beautiful that. service. Because I mean, the thing is, they could just turn around to you and say exactly what I've said. Oh, if you take it into uh, a shop, they might be able to get that tag off for you. But they haven't. They've gone. We've made a big mistake. Oh, da- oh dear, you're in the UK. That's going to be expensive. We'll FedEx you a new one. That's it. Like, it, I honestly like when I when I sent the tweet out. I, like, I honestly was not expecting anything at all. And then when they when they direct messaged me, I thought, okay, maybe they're gonna like send me a gift card so that I can buy a new blanket like on my next trip or something. Where and it might not be in stock anymore. Then like this might be like a temporary bit of merch that they've got going on. And I was genuinely gutted. Like I was really really sad because I was like, I I love classic monsters. Obviously, I'm covered in them. I love classic monster merch, and I feel like that's something that's just always been missing the last few years from Universal. And I love, I love blankies because I love being warm. And the whole entire time they were messaging me, I was like, "Are you real? Like, are you seriously gonna friggin' FedEx me a blanket all the way to England?" Like that's that's ama- like that's amazing, and it just solidified how much I absolutely adore Universal. Like, and this is why I will never ever, no matter what, I will. It's very very rare that I'll say anything negative about anything that Universal do, but I, the the second to none to me in everything that they do, and that that just reinforced my love for them and everything that they do so it's very very kind it's very very nice thing for them to do but going back to the point i would very much love to have classic monsters in the monster cafe defo yes definitely but i have some i posted on our group earlier our super secret group which is by the way called the after dark podcast network army so please go and join because we have such fun conversations in there. It's like a little family that we have going on and we love all the interaction. But I posted that we were going to be talking about the Unmasked and the Horror Tour and if anyone had any questions, now would be the time to ask them. Because like I said at the beginning, we've got an awful lot of Halloween Horror Nights episodes coming up, but they're all going to be about different things. So we had a question from Teddy who said, were you limited on what you're allowed to take pictures and videos of? So I spoke about this throughout the episode. Yes, we were limited. He would, our guy David would tell us before we went in the house whether we were going to be like severely limited on taking pictures or whether like maybe there was like one or two scenes that we could take pictures in. So he would definitely let us know beforehand. No video in at all is allowed but pictures were allowed in certain rooms. Then James had asked, do they rush you along or can you take your time? So I wouldn't say that we were rushed. It was, like I said at the beginning, we we met up at 11, we probably started at about 11.30, and we went on until 4.30. We did six houses in that time, so I definitely wouldn't say that we were rushed in any way but we couldn't have necessarily spent half an hour in one section of the house. 
but he would definitely let us take our time taking the pictures and he'd make sure that we all got the pictures that we wanted and the rooms that we were allowed to take pictures in and then he'd move along. But the entire time that we were taking pictures, he was telling us fun facts about the house or pointing out fun things in there. But it was not at all like it is at nighttime where they are constantly move along, move along, move along. Also, I'm super sorry if you can still hear fireworks. It's 11.30 and fireworks are still going off. That is ridiculous, isn't it? I've still got them down my way as well. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah, we should. Should we um, in a park? We should have. So Steve has asked how often these tours are on during the event because it might be something that he considers next year. Cheers for all the work you do. Thanks, Steve. We love doing these podcasts. So these tours are on every day that the event is on. And they, like I said before, they do the full day tour. Sometimes that starts as early as 10 o'clock in the morning. Now. So when <sighs> you're booking it, I know, they will let you know what time it's going to be. So luckily for us, ours was 11, so I could have like a little bit of a hangover nap because I was at Epcot doing food and wine the night before, so I was slightly intoxicated. Um, But yeah, they run every day the events on. You can do the full day tour, starting between 10 and 11 for the meetups, or you can do the half-day tour. And on the half-day tours, and this is what I was going to say to you earlier, Nick, is about the the time scales. I was going to suggest that you could do the half-day tour, but I kind of feel as though if I did the half-day, because the half-days are about $80 off the top of my head, mm. and the full day is $129.99. Um, if I was to do the half-day one... One, you can't pick what houses you do. They they just get given to you. So you can't pick three that you want to do. And I feel as though if I would have done a half-day tour and they would have said, okay, well, we are just going to do maybe three tent houses. So we might do like seeds and maybe dead exposure and slice and me- I would have loved that. But I also would have spent the whole time thinking – well, I wanted to apologize and Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. And, I mean, the thing is, price-wise, you know, you may as well do the full day. Like, for the, for the extra you've got to pay, uh, you, it seems like good value for money. But it's just that, it's that, time, it's that time thing, isn't it? Um, That's it. Like, when we were booking, we'd originally planned to do it on the Sunday before. So that was the plan all along. We were always going to do it on that Sunday. Our friend Zach had planned to do it on the Sunday too. And then when we went to go and buy our tickets, like I'd obviously made my day plan months in advance of what I was going to be doing. So I had all my Disney days planned, all my Universal days planned. And it wasn't necessarily like to the T that I'd planned it. But I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to be at a Universal park on these days. And I know that I'm going to be at Halloween Horror Nights on these nights. So these days are free or these days are just going to be like, kind of have a little chill at Universal for a couple of hours, blah, blah, blah. So I planned on the Sunday. And then when I went to go and buy the tickets, there was only one space left oh. on the tour. And I was like, okay, well, there's like us two. And I don't think that Zach's booked his yet. So there's going to be three of us. And he was like, uh, well, I can try and squeeze you on. So 
this poor guy is calling everybody trying to get two more people added onto this tour so we're hanging around for ages and he's like i'm gonna try my hardest i'm gonna see if we can get like an extra tour guide on to to help you guys out so you can do it on this day and then they just couldn't do it so he's like okay the the next day they have is wednesday and i was like well i'm at disney that day and that's the only other day that i could possibly do so i had to get rid of a disney day to do it which i felt sad about but in hindsight, it definitely had more fun doing the Unmasked and the Horror Tour, so it was worth it to me. Yeah. But I can definitely see why people would think, oh, God, a whole entire day of my holiday to dedicate. Like, ugh. But honestly, it, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. I would recommend it to anybody. So, Steve, if you are considering it for next year, definitely do it. There you go. And Simon, I just kind of answered your question. So Simon said, would you do the three house or the six house, knowing what it's like? 100% six house for the exact reasons that I've just said. And that obviously there's 10 houses, you're only doing six of them. So you're not going to get all of them done. But there's a higher chance of you getting one of the houses that you super want to do. Like I super, super, like Nikki might have missed this bit. I really wanted to do Slaughter Cinema because that's my number two house, but mm. my number one original house. And I was desperate to do that. I don't know Mask on the Horror Tour because there's so much cool stuff in there. And we didn't do it, but we were allowed to go into one room as a little treat. And I just feel like if I was going to do a three house, like you said, price-wise, it makes more sense to do the six house. And just having more chance of getting the houses done that I super want to do. I'd do the six house every time. Do you guys kind of agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd want to do the six house, I think. A hundred percent. So that's it for the questions. Phil said that he thought for once he'd let everyone else ask the questions. <laughs> Phil, we always love your questions, but your questions tend to lead to an entire episode in themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Truth yeah so do you guys have any questions before we wrap up no No. Uh... so i think i'm definitely going to do an unmask on the horror tour next year as well us guys all together and hopefully some of you listeners too are going to join us for an r.i.p tour bear in mind that you can only have 12 people on an r.i.p tour so spaces are limited but we are definitely going to do that next year. I'm 100% going to do an Unmask on the Horror Tour. Do you guys think that you'll be able to find the time to fit in an Unmask on the Horror Tour? Yeah, it might be a last-minute thing for me. I mean, the thing is, like, we're only going out for a short time. But at the same time, when we went last time, me and Craig had done everything in the parks in two days. Like every attraction yeah. in the past, other than we didn't do Popeye or, or uh, Duddy Do Right just because we didn't want to get soaking wet. I never did. Um, but, you know, we did all the other attractions in two days quite easily. So, I mean, really, we're going to be there for three days, probably squeeze it in. The only, the only caveat with that is that I wouldn't want to do the tour until I'd done the houses. So I'd have to do yeah. that on like the Sunday. Yeah. Which wouldn't yeah. be a, a problem in itself, but that's the thing, like, although we're going to be in the park for three whole days, I'd only be willing to do it on the Sunday, 
because I'd want to get all the houses done at least once. Mm. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And the, like the fun thing as well about the store is that because it was on until four thirty, like it was just a super Halloween Horror Nights entire day because we finished at four thirty, then we had like half an hour in the park heading towards stay and scream and then it was stay and scream time yeah yeah so it's a very very long and tiring day but it was a very very fun day and we did get very very soaked by hurricane michael (laughs) rain halfway through i had to buy socks in the universal store which is very expensive because i got that soaked but i one million bajillion percent recommend the unmasking tour to anybody and i can't wait for all of you guys to see all the pictures from it if you follow me on instagram or twitter already you'll see some pictures and i'm also gonna do a youtube video where i'm gonna do i can't decide whether i'm gonna do a voiceover or whether i'm gonna do a full video and add the pictures into it where i talk through each of the houses but there'll be some kind of youtube video going up about the unmasking tour anyway and i I just can't wait for everyone to see it because it it's just so interesting but coming up like i said at the beginning we've got so many more halloween horror nights episodes we have the r.i.p tour to talk through with chris and luke we have james's um, halloween horror nights experience we have um dan and ryan from theme park trader coming on to talk about their first experience i'm going to go and be a guest on theme park trader as well so that's probably going to be a two-part crossover episode and then we'll just have more halloween horror nights bits on top of that we'll have the patreon episodes that craig talked about in the beginning so halloween horror nights is certainly not over for us but at some point within the next eight months we will do an episode about universal as per the name of this show so (laughs) do stick around Yeah, I mean, what we're going to do is I think that we're we're going to maybe... No, no, don't, you're, don't, you're saying too much okay, already. I'm not, okay, I'm mm. not committing to anything well, either. We, um, we, gotta, we will we, definitely be talking about Universal in general. Yeah, we've got to hurry up because in a minute the rumours for next year's houses are going to start. So we've got to make well, sure we're, we're ready I've, for that. I've just, I've, I'm on episode eight now of, uh, or episode nine, I think I just started off of House on uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh my god. Which everyone's raving about. I've got to say, I don't understand why everyone is vomiting and crying and and all no, this kind of stuff. I, I, like, I, I do I not find that. it scary at all. I mean, there's like some bits of it that are scary, but I think that everyone just over-exaggerated a little bit with the fainting and the throwing up and stuff. But all that I'm going to say is, get your tissues out. Good show good show and i think the storyline's been good i know it's based on a book and i don't really i've never really knew of the book before the show um but it is it's a really good show i do recommend it but if you think you're gonna absolutely poop yourself watching it tone it down a little bit because it's there's there are some jump scares but i've not been caught out yet like you said earlier amanda actually like in a going through a maze at halloween horror nights is far more scary to me than watching a film or a TV show because it's there, it's happening to you in front of you. 
when mm-hmm. there's when I'm watching something on a screen, it doesn't really affect me that much. Yeah, and I was talking to one of my friends earlier because we're like we're already on the um, on the rumors for next year, <laughs> and we were talking about the Haunted of Hill House, and I was like, honestly, like I would love to have a Haunted of Hill House house next year, but I would be happy with a Haunted of Hill House inspired house even so i want to see ghosts i want to see like big elaborate house sets i want to see something like old school haunted house haunted mansion style house at next year's event Mm. that's my the number one thing that i'm looking for next year like other than any ips that i want like an original house that is just beautifully done and along the lines of gothic as well. Like, honestly, yeah. I want a gothic, a gothic sequel as well. I want. Yeah, gothic, but... gothic would be good. I mean, it's got the advantage, it's a Netflix show. So mm-hmm. they have that relationship now with Netflix. But like you, I would quite happily. I, I think sometimes the IP you're too restricted to make it just like the show. But if you do something that's inspired by it, you've got more mm-hmm. free reign. So either would be good. But yeah, hopefully, save it for next year. Uh huh. I also really, truly believe that we'll have a body collector's house next year. I love body collectors. Um, people have been talking an awful lot about this new Sabrina show, and I've watched half of the first episode. And so far, I'm not convinced that it would make a good Halloween Horror Nights house. Right. But I will let you guys know as I get further into it. But we'll have plenty of rumors in the future anyway. So, unless you guys have anything else to say? No. That no? looks good. Yeah, looks okay. good. So, thank you so, so much for listening. While this episode is going out, Luke has just uploaded his vlog from the final night of Horror Nights, and apparently it's emotional. I've seen some bits of it that he sent me last night, and... You know, I will probably cry watching it. So please, please, please go and watch that. Just search for Universal After Dark or Dis After Dark or the After Dark Podcast Network. It'll come up if you search for any of those three things on YouTube. And join us on the next episode of Universal After Dark, which will be potentially next week, potentially the end of this week. So we will see you guys then. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. I thought you just weren't going to say bye then. (laughs) So you're just going to be rude. (laughs) Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash after dark network here you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do the other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash dis after dark that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash dis after dark any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the after dark network on behalf of the other after dark podcast network hosts We thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support.
Dark Podcast Network.